Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. It is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. I'm Scott Belford, joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. This is the walk-off every single week. We combed through all your interactions on Twitter, on Instagram, in the Discord. Our Patreon, of course, you get the Patreon bump. Guaranteeing your questions or comments get read on the mailbag at walkoffpodcast on on Twitter. You can reach out on X. Uh, Instagram is the walkoff podcast. Let's get into it, buddy. Uh, It is snowed here in Edmonton. Yes, no, Calgary. Oh okay. yeah, so it's officially sweater weather. I'm not usually. I'm pretty. I run hot. Big Diesel run mm-hmm. hot, as they say. Uh, but I got to finally bust out my walk. Hey, sweater. looks good. Yeah, you got the inventory down in Calgary. Do we have any left? Yes, do I people do. Buy them? We do have some left. Absolutely. Okay. How can people, people reach out? Because yeah. it's that time of year. It's the time of year. It is the time of year. It is sweater weather. There you good go. plug. All right, there we go. <laughs> um. Uh, let's get to it first of all on patreon our comment section has been uh exploding which is good to see um some new commenters i mean we have a lot of heavy lifters that that do a lot of our uh commenting on the patreon but we are starting to see some more people um making their first comments on posts so uh, i just wanted to shout out uh jeremiah trevor Olivia for commenting. Uh, none of their comments happened to make the mailbag because like Olivia's, for example, was LOL. 12 year old daughters are wild. Yeah, that's not much. We can talk baseball about that, but I just wanted to say hi to Olivia and uh, give some love. So there you go. 12 year old daughters are wild. They are wild. <laughs> they are the wildest. Um, and I say that as a dad who's never had a 13 year old daughter yet. So there you go. I'm sure it's only going to get worse. Okay. Uh, official mailbag starts now. Uh, Tony Baloney, great name, says about the seats. I would guess that ripping them out rather than carefully removing them and selling them is because the additional time that it would require. Lots of construction has to happen in a short amount of time before next season starts, uh, unless they're going to play somewhere else. Delaying it by even a week could have huge consequences that cost more than the value of selling the seats. Without a doubt. Plus, where would they store them, catalog them, ship and deliver, etc.? It would likely cost Rogers more money than they would generate selling the seats. Uh, An alternate idea would have been to pre-sell or auction a limited number of seats, like a hundred or so. If you could sell each of them for a thousand bucks, that's still good money for Jay's care, though it makes less profitable, less affordable, accessible, etc. for most fans. Uh, but when has Rogers ever cared about that? So shots fired at Rogers. Love that. Uh, great way to get in the mailbag. Um, my only point, like I love most of what they're saying here. 
My only pushback on this is like, I don't think time was a factor because we got fucking first round exited. Which I guarantee the Renault crew were the only ones in Toronto that when the Jays got eliminated, they were like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, they, they wouldn't, I mean, the Jays in theory could still be playing this week and that wouldn't mean any less work needs to be done on Renault's this off season. So, and if you've seen pictures of where they're at, they have already progressed a a mind blowing amount on what they have done. They've ripped out all those seats. They've torn up the infield already. They've kind of gotten to the point where they're almost ready to start reconstructing shit. <laughs> I, I do love the idea of pre-selling them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have offered them to season ticket holders first yeah. and been like, this is your seat. You've had yeah. season tickets here for 20 years. Do you want the seat you've been sitting in for 20 years? Like you can have it. If you don't want, it goes to the general public. Right. So, yeah. And then, yeah, whatever it is, you, you you save the 700 that you sold and you rip out the rest or whatever. But yeah, that whole thing is is dumb. Anyway, some good good uh, thoughts there from Tony Baloney. Seatgate. Seatgate, Seatgate 2023. Seatgate we'll never forget. 2023. We'll never forget it. It's right up there with Cardboard Fans 2020. That's right. It's uh, been so nice to actually um, get some people reaching out for the contact. Yeah, I've, I've given the contact out to like half yes. a dozen people. Yes. I guess the seats are expensive, but they're still selling those 500 seats from last year. So yes. again, if you if you want the contact, reach out. I can send it to you. Um, Tunes Day with Johnny on Patreon it says question for the mailbag. Given how Texas has gone from a sub 500 team to a World Series team in short order, how do you feel about the Jays GM approach? not handing out big contracts for the most part. Uh, I understand how the Seager Simeon signings looked crazy, but then they all at but then they added all the starting pitching and they didn't let up when they had some injuries. They brought in oh they bought in hard at the deadline. They also went out and got accomplished and reliable respected manager in uh, Bochi with this sort of blueprint in place. Do you think it would behoove great word do you think it would behoove the Jays brass to do the same before it's too late or is it too late? So one of my biggest problems with the way this team was run this year was the deadline mm-hmm. to see Texas acknowledge their weaknesses and then go out and try to fix that when they look at this team and look at the offense that they put on the field and where they were at in that division and that they were in a dogfight to make the playoffs and that they felt like there was hope for the first time in a while and that they weren't going to take their foot off the gas. Man, I admire that out of that Texas Rangers front office so much because they did overpay at the deadline for a lot of this. And it didn't even work out 100% for them. I mean, Max Scherzer, yeah, he he went in there and, and did what he had to do yesterday. Pitched three innings. I think it was two, two and, and two-thirds. and Yeah. But he even had injury problems in the last half of the season. They didn't even have Max Scherzer for the full amount of time that they were hoping to have him. 
going out and getting Araldus Chapman early was a big move. I don't know, man. I really, the Blue Jays needed a bat in the middle of the order. I know there weren't any available, and I know that, that it would have really cost big money to over. You, you, it wouldn't have been money. It would have been prospect capital, and you would have really had to overspend to lure an organization to give up somebody yep. that they wouldn't normally give up. You know, like they say nobody was available, but we know there were bats available. It's just mm-hmm. the price was too high. Yeah. I don't know, man. Just watching where we're at right now with the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, and the Rangers being the teams left, I, it's just – it kills me the Jays didn't do more. And I know everyone is still, oh, this was the worst Blue Jays team of all time. And But, I mean, they were there, man. <laughs> I I think, ugh, toxic positivity warning. I think it feels worse than it was. I mean, like in terms of our GM approach. And we look at the Rangers. Well, they went out and added the big contracts. And why aren't the Blue Jays doing it? It's like. Well, we have like we have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball, like, you know, going out and getting Gary Gossman for a trillion dollars. And, you know, like. Mm -hmm. It's we have a weird perception because we haven't locked up Bo and Vladdy. Yes. Of, oh, this team isn't going to hand out. A five hundred million dollar contract, but. Which may be the may be true. it, It may be true. Yes. But I don't think that means we can lump ourselves into the, you know, we don't spend the big money approach type of a team. Like we're what a top five payroll in baseball. Um, George Springer makes one hundred and fifty million dollars. Jose Barrios makes one hundred and thirty million dollars. Gary Gosman in at one hundred and ten million dollars. I mean, there's some hefty contracts on this payroll. As far as the like the trade deadline, we don't have other than Ricky Tiedemann, we don't have really anybody to spend because we've already done it. Like we've, you know, bringing in Jose Barrios, that was a hard buy in at the deadline trade. You know, like we, mm-hmm. I don't know. And listen, I, just, I do like the acquisition of Jordan Hicks at the deadline. I think that giving up Semrel Burst and Adam Klofenstein were truly two significant pieces for this front significant office. Significant pieces, to let yeah. Go. had serious uh, starter potential. Um, and Klofenstein, Klofenstein had was that looking upside. the best he had in years. Yep. They were both 22-year-old kids. Their ceiling is yep. pretty good. You know, like this is that's a trade the the Jays could regret later, but it's a trade that I was like, yes, this team has to do it. You need to bring in another high end back of the rotation guy. Unfortunately, the real need was a cleanup hitter and they never addressed it. They didn't address it at the beginning of the season. They didn't address it later in the season. Do they do they get in your mind any points for attempting to address it? I don't know that they no. did attempt to address it, but if they oh, went I'm out, sure they did. Who was a cleanup hitter that you would have liked? I know that going into free agency, you talk about how I mean, Solaire would be a nice fit with the Blue Jays. Yes, he would. If the trade for Solaire would have cost us Ricky Tiedemann, 
would you have worn yeah, this to probably, pull the trigger on that? No, probably not. Probably so not. But this is can I, you get Tommy Pham? Like, here's the thing. Look sure, at what okay. Pham is doing right now in Arizona, an 84-win team that just squeaked into the playoffs as the lowest ranking team. I, I I'm not, it's impossible to say, and this is all subjective guesswork here, but yeah, I mean, this is true of all sports, but it is hard to evaluate what's a good method or a bad method mm-hmm. on such a short time scale because like, yeah, the turnaround was awesome and it happened to work out for the Rangers, but also like the Braves won the world series in their first year and then have been quick exits ever since. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I will just... say that flags do fly forever. Mm-hmm. And no, the right. longer I watch sports, the longer that I am in fandom for any one team, I realize how rare those moments are, how rare those wins are. And yeah, man, if if you can I mean, all to all the all the all the hat tipping and power to the Texas Rangers, you know, like they may really handcuff themselves with some of these salaries in a few years. But if you if you could win one in 2023, I mean, they've got 10 years before they even really need to start worrying about it again. Okay. Let, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Looking backwards and saying the Braves already won a World Series, so everything they've done is a success. Like I can't argue with that. But I'm going to say a statement, and then I want you to give me the old, like, strongly agree, agree, somewhat agree, you know, disagree, strongly disagree, okay? Uh, So here's the statement, and let me know in the comments where everyone else stands on this. Uh, Statement is, the World Series champion is always the best team in the league. I agree. You agree. Okay. I didn't now, even think you'd agree. I thought you'd be at least neutral. I'm like, I'm disagree. Almost strong. I'm like between disagree and strongly disagree. There's so much luck involved. Even if the Rangers win, is, they're not the best team in the league. There is, although there is something to be said for a team that is built for the playoffs. And I think that the Phillies and the Rangers do kind of fall into that category maybe more so than some of these other the Blue teams Jays were do. built for the playoffs. They technically were supposed to be. You're I don't right. know what built for the playoffs means anymore, to be honest. I kind <laughs> of view it as guys with uh, experience who have been there and done that. There's the... Oh, the, like a Brandon sure Belt thing. and a George Springer and a technically pitching yes. staff. No, agreed. Yeah. I mean, George Springer had a great playoffs. He was like the only one who was putting up hits in that. But I mean, great might be an overstatement, but you know, yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's so much luck involved. I I, a hundred percent get the statement. Like I get what you're saying. And that I don't think bad teams win the world series. I think it's mm -hmm. only ever good teams win this world series because you have to be a good team. Is it the best playoffs? Is it the best? I mean, I can think of Orioles are bet like 
of the teams that are left, Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Rangers, I would say Braves are better, Dodgers are better, uh, Baltimore's better, uh, Houston Astros are better. There's four teams, I think, that are better. Like, just if you're going to look at the mantle of, okay, we have a World Series champ on the one hand, and then we also have a, this was the best team this year. There's, I think there's four very strong candidates for better teams than any of the three that are left. And I would agree with that. And that's kind and of I the think that's thing most with baseball seasons. is that there are so many games played that you can really take that sample size and, and drag it out over a large size, right? And, and that's why people yeah. hate the big playoffs, right? Is because it's not, I mean, it's not the the best teams dueling it out in the world series anymore. Like now that there's playoffs, the best teams can get eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just have the best AL versus the best from the NL the way it used to be. I mean, is the Arizona diamondbacks even in the conversation if they weren't doing what they were doing? Like if they had just lost in the wild card, everyone would be like, they were so lucky to even get in. Yeah. So on that, on that alone, I do kind of agree with what you're saying. I just, if, if, if you go through the gauntlet, that is the playoffs, there is something to be said for that. But the argue, I mean, we could argue the same thing with clutch, right? Like does clutch exist? Is it a thing? And yeah, I mean, if you talk to Adelise Garcia, he probably thinks he had exists. Yeah. I mean, all right. Adolis has just been unreal. The dude is. Anyways, uh, next one comes from Wyatt DM'd us on Patreon. It says, hey, fellas, question for the mailbag. Have you ever seen the show Parks and Rec? Yes. Uh, Love it. Where Ron Swanson is walking down an aisle at a hardware store and an employee approaches him and asks, can I help you find something? And rep- Ron's reply is, I know more than you. And then just continues to walk right past. That's how I feel when I read some really dumb comments about baseball. Do you guys ever <laughs> feel that way? I love um, that comparison. As far as that goes, I feel like I am the guy, the employee in the hardware store. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm the idiot talking about baseball. Um, I will say in real life, like if I go to Toys R Us and I'm looking for a birthday present for whatever, my nephew, and I'm looking for a Nerf gun or whatever. Um, I... I never accept help from employees, but it's usually because I've already gone up and down four aisles by the time they see me and then they go, oh, can I help you find something? If I say I'm looking for a Nerf gun, they usually don't know where it is anyways. And they just go, oh, right this way. Follow me. And then they just browse too until they find it and usually Mm -hmm. take me up and down the same aisles I've already gone up and down. And I'm like, I could have done this and I already did. So. I had two aisles left to check. I would have gotten to them. Event- like, I know what a Nerf gun looks like. I will see it. Anyways, so I never ask for help in a store. Oh, it's like my <laughs> biggest pet peeve when I'm out with my wife and I were out house shopping. We were looking for a new appliance for the kitchen, a new stove. We went to whatever appliance store. And we went in there and we were just like browsing. And the guy comes up and, oh, like, what can I help you guys with today? And my wife answered with, oh, we're looking for a, a new fridge and I was so pissed because I was like, oh, we're about to get a full education on fridges. And we're like, not. 
that's not what we're here for today. So we got like a PowerPoint and fucking brochures. Yeah. And I was like, this was just supposed to be a quick pop in, babe. Like, what are you you're killing me here? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, uh, you know what? You know what? You could buy a new fridge with $1,200, though, but I'll tell you that much. Oh, man. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't healed yet, Scott. I haven't healed yet. <laughs> Uh, people on YouTube and, and Spotify are like, what are they talking about? It's a story from the pre-show today. All right. Um, Patreon gave loads of suggestions on what to watch. So thank you all for that. Um, last week we talked about off-season media content, TV shows, movies, recommendations. So our inbox has been flooded with that. Too many to list them all, but they... Uh, it is appreciated. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. everybody. There you go. Um, okay. Brian Crawford in Patreon says, question for the mailbag. Which prospects are you high on within the Blue Jays system? So, I mean, obviously, Baseball America has two Blue Jays in the top 100 prospects, and we should be excited about Ricky Tiedemann. We should be excited about Rolvis Martinez. Martinez having his 22nd birthday this winter. He's going to be a permanent fixture in AAA, and I think he's going to make a real run at that third base position for the Blue Jays. He's eliminated his extremely high strikeout rate. That's been a huge improvement over the 2023 season for him. Uh, He's brought his batting average up from below 200. He was pretty much, like when he was a 20-year-old in AA, he pretty much struck out and hit home runs. And that was it. He led double A in home runs. He's the youngest to ever do that, by the way. He also led double A in strikeouts. So you see where he was. And then you look at his numbers now, and they are night and day better. He's taking way more walks. He's showing way more discipline at the plate. And he's definitely a dude who can move around the diamond a little bit. He's got reps at shortstop. He's a natural shortstop they've been playing him a lot at third base because of the hole at third uh the jays are going to need to deal with this offseason so yeah i'm excited about aralvis martinez ricky tiedemann we all know about um the type of prospect he is big lefty huge arm probably going to make the bigs in 2024 but some under the radar guys i'm really excited about i'm really excited about friend of the show Damiano Palmagiani mm, the dude cool. has been literally hammering the ball in the Arizona Fall League he continues to show off big time power Canadian kid played on the Canadian national team in the World Baseball Classic the guy 23 years old drafted twice by the Blue Jays he went back into the draft and when he went to college Honestly, I'm excited about him and the fact he's a little bit older of a prospect, you know, like he's going to be 24. He's got a couple extra years on Aralvis Martinez. I'm excited about him. Alan Rodon is another guy that has kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, He was drafted in the third round in 2022 last season and has risen up to the Vancouver Canadians. He's a left fielder, right fielder, first baseman is the positions he plays. He uh, bats left. He could make the majors next year with how he has kind of progressed in 2023. And then finally, 
Addison Barger. I'm excited about Addy. I know all the, all the, uh, just, I, I really do think that there is something in there, man. I don't know. I'm, I want to be excited about him, but every time I look at the numbers, I just don't, I just don't get it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the hype is real, but Mm -hmm. it just feels like there was a one really electric summer in like double A. Maybe it might have been in triple A, but this season was was a little bit underwhelming. I don't know. I know he was injured and stuff. But yeah, just that's that's where I'm at is I'm like, I know how little he played and how <laughs> the struggle he got to get on the field. And if you look at his numbers in the final month of the season, he looked really good. But this this is where there's actually going to be some competition for this third base position. And I'm kind of excited about it. It's kind of cool that we're going to for the first time in quite some time as Blue Jays fans see some internal um, competition. I mean, is that the way we want it to go? I don't know, but. Hopefully one of these guys shows up big. You know what's better than internal competition? Runaway superstar talent. Yeah. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Uh, Who knows? Maybe Aralvis is that guy. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Um, I am still high on Hag and Danner. I don't know if I should be or not. Oh, uh, I love made that. His, made his MLB debut last year for... One batter was it? Mm-hmm. Seven um, pitches before he blew his arm his back. Out. Was it his arm? I thought he hurt his back. Maybe it was his back. I feel I like it was a non-arm injury. Um, mm-hmm. If it's not an arm injury, I'm hoping for he comes into spring training camp and just like makes the team as a bullpen piece. Um, we'll need to get Haggy back on the show. Yeah, for sure. He's awesome. Um. So he's a guy that I'm high on. There's a guy in AAA. Um, he was pitching in, I think, Dunedin at some point last season and then ended up all the way in AAA. So pretty meteoric rise. Um, Alec Manoa, I think his name is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was so he won't. Where you were going with this. I'm like, who is this? I'm just kidding. He will not pitch for the Blue Jays this year. So uh, <laughs> that's that's my my take. Um, otherwise, yeah, I love the Dalmiano Palmagiani. Uh, I think I messed that up. Uh, apologies. Um, love that that pick. Um, who else? You had some good ones there. I'm just trying to think of if I could think of any that you didn't already touch on. I think Hag and Danner might be my only one. Oh, question on Nate Pearson. We've spent years of our life pining over Nate Pearson. Where are you at on Nate Pearson going into next season? If healthy, does he start the year with the team? I mean, I guess it depends a lot on if they sign Jordan Hicks and where the developmental team is at on him. I'm not overly excited about 26-year-old Nate Pearson. He hasn't really shown anything that I'm just like blown away by. I think he's probably at the point where he's a major league bullpen piece, whether it's with the Jays or not. I think he's kind of getting to the point where we'll see him kicking around some some organizations. But do I do I think he's going to be 
our next big closer. Do I think he has Jordan Romano in him? I not really personally. I'd love to eat it. I'd love to be wrong on that. There you go. Okay. Uh, good question. But you know Brian. the old saying, right? Like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, still shame on me. Fool me three times, I guess this is my fault again. But fool me four times? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, speaking of fool me four times, we should have Anthony Telford back this offseason. Yeah, we absolutely should, especially now time. that CJ Van Eyck is mm-hmm. back in yeah. the prospect realm. Um, Anyways, for anybody new to the channel, welcome. Anthony Telford is a uh, pitching prospect, pitching coach down in Tampa Bay, St. Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, Played with the Montreal Expos, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate Pearson's high school off-season pitching off-season coach. Pitching coach. Yeah. Um, like before he was... Before he decided struggling. analytics was everything. And yes. yeah. So uh, anyways, we've had him on the show uh, numerous times at this point. He's a stalwart on the um, stalwart might be too generous. He's been on six or seven times though. I think yeah, uh, over the years, great guy to talk to has some awesome stories. So uh, just a good guy to talk to baseball wise. Okay. Uh, moving on. We've got uh Blue Jay for Life on Twitter says, hey, what do you guys think about this desert baseball league in Dubai? Looks like Big Sexy is back on a baseball diamond. Yes, Bartola Cologne taken Mm. in the second round. Hold on, before we get to this. Did you copy and paste this message to me? Or did you type it out? I copied and pasted. Okay. Uh, Dessert baseball league. Is how it's spelled. Uh, and here's okay. Here's a little. Here's a little education because I know Deb appreciates when I explain when to use whomever as opposed to whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, dessert desert. The way I learned it was dessert has two s's, and you think of them as little scoops of sugar, and more sugar in dessert than in a desert. So desert one s, dessert two s's. That is a rule of thumb. Far more sugar in desserts than deserts. Yes. Words to live by. Words to live by. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this comment. Uh, it, the Dessert Baseball League in Dubai. What's going on here, Scott? I hadn't heard of this until I read this comment. No, it's it's kind of cool. So, like, you know how Dubai has decided that they're going to do all professional sports again, and they, they've they've got the Basketball League and the LIV Live Well, you know, golf. Really helps um, cleanse their public image after murdering and torturing journalists. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, it's good. Anything to clean up that image. Yeah, exactly. It's been interesting, dude, to see uh, who has been drafted. So Robinson Cano is actually a part-time owner investing his millions and millions and millions of dollars into this league. He was chosen by the Wolves in the league there. Uh, Andralton Simmons is a part of this league. Um, Pablo Sandoval is in the league. So, I, yeah, I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I think I think SCTI kind of 
put it best because he posted the John Boy tweet with, mm. with all of the guys that I just kind of mentioned as part of this league. And and his question was, do they even finish the season? I I mean, desert baseball. I don't know. Well, here's a follow-up question. Uh, do they even finish the season? I know. Are we talking about those old ass players that were drafted? Do they finish the season, or does the <laughs> league, or does the league exist till the end of the year? Because, I mean, I took it as the league, but yeah, that's actually a great question about the players too. Fifty-year-old <laughs> Bartola Colon is taking the mound. <laughs> Here's an interesting thought. I mean, bringing in Robinson Cano, why not just bring in all of the like steroid shamed baseball players like just just have a super juiced steroid league over in dubai Mm -hmm. like i would that would honestly be kind of entertaining like maybe that's what the extra s in desert is for is for steroids (laughs) (laughs) it's all 40 to 50 year olds but they get to juice they're playing like 25 sean green over there just jacked right up yeah let's do it (laughs) Just Viagra and steroids. All right. So we know that these Dubai sports leagues spend astronomical amounts Mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, imagine Mm -hmm. if Shohei Otani gets like $2 billion to go play. (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounds crazy, but isn't that what they did with Live Golf? Yeah. They just spent, well, probably billions of dollars bringing in the best golfers from the PGA and just like plucking them Mm -hmm. from the PGA. I am actually really curious about this free agent offseason because a lot of these free agents are going to have the option if they want. They're going to get offered money. Like there are going to be guys that are offered money that's Mm -hmm. probably. Uh, what would you say? Ludicrous compared to what they would be get. Like Kevin Kiermeyer, yeah, might get nine or ten million bucks. Let's say in the bigs. Would it be crazy to think? Hey, he's got some name cachet. He's incredible this, to watch in the outfield for this Dubai league to be like, hey, there here's a a, na- a recognizable name, established superstar. Here's $30 million is Kevin. Do you think I don't want to say Kevin Kiermaier? Cause maybe he has like, I don't know. $30 million to not play in major league baseball. Though, That's tempting, man. That's I mean, like all of those golfers took it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't it's, know if they can. It, I don't know if they can afford to. Well, I mean, sure they can. They have infinity dollars. I still don't know if they can spend enough to tempt Shohei away from no, I, that was he's going to already cheap, but... get a substantial no 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 I, and I see where you're coming from but but yeah I mean like a guy who might only make 30 million for the rest of his career mm-hmm. could make 30 million in one season over there maybe that's mm-hmm. a pretty big way to increase I wonder here's another question if like my understanding of the way uh, like the posting system with the NPB works over in Japan 
is that like Major League Baseball and the Nippon Pro Ball League have a uh, corporate agreement, like a structure in place for how to exchange players, right? Mm-hmm. Like Trevor Bauer is under contract in Japan for another season or two. He's not coming back to Major League Baseball because he's under contract and Major League Baseball respects that contract and there's a, a two, it's a two-way street. Do you think Dubai respects would... these rules? Well, here's know. what I'm saying. Alec Manoa. Unhappy with the Blue Jays. Not getting paid very much. Even if he does come back to the Blue Jays, it's minimum wage. Friend you of think the show. Dubai could go into Alec Manoa and be Jays. like, hey, here's 50 million bucks. Come pitch to us. Like, come pitch. He's like the charismatic whatever yeah. guy. He could be a $50 million contract to go pitch in Dubai. Why not? So, so friend of the show and renowned Blue Jays Twitter troll, Ben Red Spencer. Mm-hmm. I actually had a tweet yesterday that blew up, and that was literally it. He was just like, Alec Manoa, take it in the second round of the. <laughs> uh, there were people who thought it was real. I love it. Mm, crazier things, man. Crazier things have happened. I don't know. We'll see. It's again. I'm kind of with, with Ian Manoa, on this, though. Do they even finish the season? <laughs> well, I can't see. I can't see anyone breaking their contract because it's just they're they're just going to be blacklisted, blacklisted by yeah. the league after that. So, and we'll. What'll be really interesting to see how this first season of the Dubai Baseball League goes, how successful it is, if it actually looks like it could have some legs, and then we could see some real crazy stuff happening in 2024, 2025 offseason. But uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. It's really going to be cool to see how this all plays out and how it affects the NPB and the MLB. Yeah, it's... Uh... Something to keep our eye on for sure. I don't know. I'm interested. It's piqued my interest. Uh, piqued, by the way, spelled P-I-Q-U-E-D, not spelled P-E-A-K-E-D. It is not a mountaintop, uh, which is a correction I've learned. So that one's for Deb as well. She probably already knew that. She's a smarty pants, but mm-hmm. piqued. If you're ever texting someone and say, well, you've piqued my interest. If you want to look smart, it's P-I-Q-U-E-D. You've peaked. There you go. Interest. There you go. But if you're like, you've peaked my boner, then it's P-E-A. <laughs> all right. All right, Scott, all right. Yes. All right. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you've, if you've peaked Scott's boner. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm totally distracted now. I can't stop thinking about your boner. So thanks for that. Um, here we go. Uh, Greg Kennedy on Twitter says, Hey guys, uh, I can't believe how Houston played in their own park this year, regular season and post kind of makes you wonder. Also Phillies will win tomorrow, which is now today. Uh, but damn, what a fight Arizona has put up. So to start with, yeah, it is insane how poorly the Houston Astros, one of the best teams in baseball, played in their home park this year. Minute Maid has been their Achilles heel all season long, and it continued to be so this offseason, or uh, sorry, this postseason. I mean, this ALCS, there wasn't one game that was won at home by either team. It is wild how that series played out and how these teams played on home 
field. It 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 makes no sense. Um, and then as for the Phillies are going to win today, I mean, I, I if I'm betting, I'm probably agreeing with that. But oh boy, anything can happen when it's a one game series. Truly. And the fact that Arizona has put themselves in this position, like Adam, in, in a million years, you didn't see this happening, right? No, no. Um, so this is this is why I would say, I like I'm I'm not confident to say Phillies will win today because I didn't see the Diamondbacks winning three games. So why not win four? Mm-hmm. Like they've already overachieved this much, and now it's it's yeah, oof. you know. Guess did you know that uh, Oakland beat teams this year? <laughs> like you could lose to Oakland in a one game series for mm-hmm. real, for real. So, <sighs> yeah, it's uh, what an incredible championship series these two have been, man. Like just playoff baseball at its best, both seven game series, both yeah, up been, and down. It's been great because the rest of the playoffs, hate to say it, have been yeah. like every series has been so one sided. So many baseball fans and just this non competitive yeah. baseball. So yeah, it's really it's good. I hope I hope that the um the World Series is is a six or seven game series as well. Um, Diamondbacks got Brandon Fat on the uh, the mound tonight. Rookie, starting mm-hmm. game seven. Just wild. They got to go with who they have. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're. I was watching David Sampson this morning, and he's of the belief that that's their best starting pitcher. So probably is. Uh, two point one three ERA. And a whip under one this postseason. Uh, regular season numbers not as impressive. No, five point seven two regular se- regular season ERA and a one point four one whip. This is the I don't know exemplifies the playoff conundrum of like a guy with a five seven two ERA is the best pitcher they have, like the best starting pitcher they have. A guy gets hot. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. That's... I mean, he does have incredible stuff. And I think a yeah. lot of the reason why he got hit so hard this season was it was his first year. And that once hitters adjusted, so like he's in an adjustment period and it's working for him. And I mean, there couldn't be a better time for it to come around this way. It, it's like that, you know, everyone we talk, uh, you and I do all the time about experience, right? And what a huge deal, what a feather in your cap it is if you can actually bring some playoff experience to the table. But in this scenario, it's almost the kid doesn't know. Like doesn't know better. Doesn't leave know him in the, the dark. The pressure, he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, who are you cheering for tonight? Phillies Diamondbacks. I'm cheering for the Diamondbacks, yeah, but good man. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh you're one. I think two. the Phillies will give a better series against Texas. Like yeah. I, that's, that's my only concern is that if the Diamondbacks oh. do advance and then they just get clobbered, I would hate that so much. But yeah, clock's got to strike midnight eventually. Man, slugfest. <laughs> Phillies, Rangers. Oh my god! It would every be game will be ten so nine. Awesome. 
Oh, yeah. we've, I don't think I've ever seen a World Series with such bad defense and pitching versus such good or like both teams. Yeah. Pitching and defense is such a afterthought. Like they got there on the backs of their offense. And absolutely. And don't get me wrong. Cool. I think I think when it, if you were to break it down, the the advantage for pitching falls to the Phillies with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler at the top of yeah. those rotations. But honestly, even as you start to get into into depth, no offense to Ranger Suarez, but both the Rangers and the Phillies lack pitching depth. Both of them lack bullpen depth. Yeah. <laughs> this, if it's the Phillies and the Rangers, it might be, and I don't know what the number even is, a record-setting like most runs scored in a World Series ever. If it goes seven. Watch it. Watch it be the complete opposite. Yeah. Watch these games. Like, it'll be the Phillies yeah. Rangers playing 3-2 games. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm totally jinxing it. You're right. Um. Okay. Discord. You got a story for me to read. Yeah. So, Scott post-seasoning dinner <laughs> from Discord. Uh, we were talking about CJ Van Nike on Friday and the fact that he has... Uh, successfully returned from Tommy John surgery and is, is is coming up the Blue Jays prospects rankings again. He was mm-hmm. drafted back in 2020 in the third round. Uh, he's looked really good. So this is a, a story that Scott Post Seasoning Dinner posted in Discord from MLB.com. And I'm just going to read the, the opening bit here. But the last time CJ Van Eyck threw five innings in a start was August 20th, 2021. For Toronto's high A affiliate Vancouver. That was 789 days ago. Not that he's been counting. No, really. He even said, that long? I didn't even realize. The distance between outings made Thursday's Arizona Fall League gem all that sweeter. And he did really throw a gem there. The Blue Jays right-hander allowed one hit, struck out five, and didn't walk a batter over five innings to help surprise defeat Scottsdale 5 nothing Van Eyck only needed 52 pitches. CJ Van Eyck, friend of the show, he came on right after his draft, uh, after he was drafted. And he was ranked as the Blue Jays' number eight prospect. And then disappeared for two years of rehab. But it's really cool to see this guy back in a Blue Jays uniform. He's pitching in the Arizona Fall League, trying to get some innings under his belt. He's probably going to start next year in Double A, but a dude to definitely keep an eye on, a great pitch selection, and some real spin on that fastball. So, C.J. Van Eyck, another prospect. Love that. The upside is certainly there with C.J. Van Eyck. Hopefully, he can get back to uh, healthy and contributing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, C.J. Van Eyck, name to know. That's it for the mailbag, my friend. Okay, well, thank you all very much to the Grounds Crew for all of your interaction over the week. Of course, you can reach out on Twitter on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it there, at Walk Off Podcast. Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast. You can join the Patreon. It is patreon.com slash the walk off. We always appreciate our Patreon members. Things like Adam mentioned earlier in the episode really happening in that comment section. It's kind of cool to see it grow. So again, thanks to everyone there. Uh, All the best, everybody. That's our Tuesday mailbag. We'll see you on Friday. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.